Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, a podcast designed for dealers. We're super excited about this. This is episode number three. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, VP of Marketing, and with me is Nish and Rich. Good afternoon. Well, it's afternoon for us. Hopefully it's good afternoon for everyone who's listening to this. Good afternoon, guys. <laughs> Maybe you guys can share your titles with us. What do you guys do here? Absolutely. So I am the SVP of Sales. I am the EVP of Revenue. Uh, just a, a few housekeeping items. We're doing this bi-weekly with special guests. Uh, we're launching three off the hop, um, none of which have special guests other than Nish and Rich, very special guys. <laughs> and today, uh, episode number three, we're going to be focusing on using finance to stretch, financing, excuse me, to stretch your customers' dollars or budget. Um, so I'm just going to open it up. What are, uh, maybe you guys can share with us some, we're, we're really going to be focusing on financing here. So that's the the elephant in the room. Um, what, uh, what are some kind of creative ways that, that dealers can use to help stretch the the budget of their consumers? I think, I think, um, you know, last year, uh, it was a first in the industry where we launched the 20 RM product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in this industry for a long time. I won't say how many years, um, but it I don't was think always... you're the oldest one in the room, by the way. Sorry. I don't think you're the oldest one in the room. I am not. I know that, <laughs> but I might be the oldest one in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're all on the wrong side of 40. Yeah. Just got there. Um, but the, the 20 year amortization product, um, I think is an excellent product because to, to Rich's point, it can help stretch the customer's dollar, right? They can get what they want because you're able to stay within their monthly budget of what they can afford. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, like I said, and and it was always, you know, 10 or 15 year amortization. When 15 year came about, like it revolutionized the industry, mm-hmm. right? People were like, wow, this is amazing. And we did it again with the 20 year. We were the first, right? And I think that's how um, you know, you can get more out of the customer. You can, you know, increase your your average tickets. And get more and, for them, And right? get more for them, right? right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can get them what they actually want right. because you're stretching that dollar as much as possible. So so break it down for me. So um, I tell you I've got 200 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. How are you going to, like, what? tell me how the amortization is going to change my purchasing power. So so the way the way I think about it is if your budget is $200, and uh, as an example, if you were to get, uh, you know, if you were to put the customer on a 10-year amortization, right, $200 could get you, these are all rough numbers, but that could get you approximately $10,000 right. worth of stuff that they can, they can buy right. or afford, right? But you put them on a 20-year, you can get up to $18,000, $19,000. That's like double the amount, right? right? Uh, but you're still within the budget. It, it's, it's, it's exactly how the car industry does it, you know? How many times do you think, um, you know, the, a dealership sells the base model? I'll tell you, my brother's in the industry, 0%, right? <laughs> right. They, don't, they don't order the base model. Right. It just makes no sense because you can get, you know, power windows or Bluetooth or whatever the hell it is that, you know, that is available in cars right now for an extra couple of bucks a month, right? right? And it's all because of the amortization and, and that's how they use it. That's how they do it. Right. So, um, so I just want the record to show that the sales guys stopped talking when math came up. That's why you have a beautiful <laughs> um, A good portion of our business 
move to 20 and that's in year one to the 20 year end, 240 months. Mm -hmm. And again, you're going to get, there were sales reps who were early adopters who said, giddy up. Mm -hmm. I know how to use this. I know how to leverage this. Mm -hmm. I know how to, to back to the initial question, make the most of my customer's money mm -hmm. by either one, keeping some in their pocket or getting them some more of it. Uh, and there are some who are still hesitant. And again, we go back to that concept, which is fear, which is false evidence appearing real. And we have our own narratives and assumptions. Who would want to pay a mortgage for 20 years? Well, listen, we'll talk to someone who owns a home. Uh, it would goes as much as 25 years. I think 30, 30, 30 years. years yeah. Yeah. 30 years. And people gladly do. I've never gone to the bank and been like, you know what? Let's amortize this bad boy over 10. <laughs> like that ain't happening. <laughs> all right. Um, so it's that same process here. And what we're already actually seeing into 2022 is we're well ahead of that 15% uh, take rate. And, and again, because people have gotten used to it and they're understanding that again, this is a way to help your customer. Right. Okay. So am amortization. 20 year or 240 month. Um, if you're not using it, you're leaving money on the table or could be leaving money on the table and you could be leaving a customer unhappy. Now it also depends on the vertical you're in, whether it's roofing or, or home renovations or pools and hot tubs. But we've also talked a lot about rolling in additional products into that core item that you are getting. So add-ons. Add-ons, right? So a perfect example, there are two that just come off the top of our head. We talked about HVAC, right? And we talked about things like um, maintenance programs, potentially, uh, smart filters. home. Filters. Filters, smart yeah. home. Uh, you may be giving a customer a year worth of filters. Roll it into the cost there. Um, extended warranty programs, things like that, often get rolled into it, especially in the HVAC industry. In, say, pools and hot tubs, We've seen everything from chemicals, chemicals to uh, hot liners, tub covers. To covers, yeah. So again, another great way is to add these. Now, I, people might be going, hold on a second. Like you're asking me to add more products to it. But again, the question was, how do you make their money go further? So when you roll these all these things in, and to Nisha's point, you know, off a $200 a month budget, if you amortized over $240, there's an additional $8,000 of products there. Think about the liners you need and all those equipment items or, you know, filters or whatever those items might be in your particular vertical. That's $8,000 is a lot of play with in terms of additional items to pay the same $200 a month on a 240M. Right. right. And um, they're going to buy those things anyway, too. They're right? going to need them. They're yeah. going to need them. That's they're right. their core products, yeah. right? Uh, I know they're called add-ons, but they're core products that customers are going to need. And they may not buy it from that dealer at that point Correct. in time. It might right? go like somewhere else. Exactly. We're talking about chemicals yeah. or what have you, uh, filters, et cetera. Uh, another one is how does this improve my life or how is this, how is this process creating efficiency in my life? Right. And so on the offset of that, we might be going, what does he mean by that? But think about your ability to say to a consumer or a customer, Hey, instead of you going out and buying all these things a la carte afterwards, we are your one-stop shop for, you know, patio furniture or filters or chemicals or all these items allows you to take away one of those pain points from your customers to say, hey, let's get you quit here. Like you don't go to five different stores to find hockey equipment for your kid. You go to sports check, you yeah. go to national sports, if those still exist, you go whatever. <laughs> it should be the same thing. But those right off the bat are easy ways to really create efficiencies and help them out. And the other thing here, like elephant in the room, I, I know I brought this point here. Financing in of itself <laughs> makes your customers' money move further. We talked about opportunity costs. 
Imagine the opportunity cost of your customer to take that same $10,000 and save it up front. And say you're talking to a customer in January, February. Well, what's around the corner? RESP contribution time, RSP contribution time. Imagine taking that same $10,000, throwing into your RSPs, getting a refund, taking that refund and putting it right back to pay down the loan. Mm-hmm. Or keep the money. Or Do something money. else with it. Mm-hmm. Go, right? Like, like that's that's up to somewhere. the customer. Um, Absolutely. I think the RESP point, uh, sorry, RRSP point is, is an important one, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's how you can you can help customers, to be honest, mm-hmm. right? Because you can help them with their savings uh, for retirement, get them the project that they want, plus get them a refund. Like to me, it's a win-win-win, yeah. right? Why wouldn't we do it? I also think about home automation too, right? As a as an important. I mean, it's not for every vertical, like right? It, but um, but to me, you know, we've just opened up. Uh, home automation or, or about to, um, you know, there's another, there's another kind of category that people are super interested in, but may not be ready for because it's not at the top of their priority list from a product right. perspective. It, it's the offering of that particular type of product, right? Yeah. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're soon going to be ready to, you know, go to market with it really close. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right. And stretch that you know, stretch that budget. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, think, and here's another thing to even go down that kind of chain reaction here. Well, smart home automations are designed again to remove pain points, right? Improvement in overall lifestyle, but also think about the inherent and in energy costs. Like, let's just say right off the bat, one of the smart home things is smart light switches where you can program them and turn your lights on and off. BTU levels of, of X that have energy efficiencies of Y and that money goes right back into it. Best way to look at energy efficiency, especially when it comes to your furnace, if it's 90%, what that just means is 90 cents of every dollar is actually going towards heating your home. Mm-hmm. 10 cents is going to wastage, mm-hmm. right? So the more efficient products you get through making their money go further by leveraging amortization periods can actually also allow them to get better products that can actually help them down the road, whether it's maybe three pane windows versus two, whether it's a different type of roofing or what have you. There's inherent values that come from these that also help their ma- make their money go further. I think home auto- like home automation seems like the perfect fit, like just a supernatural fit for HVAC. Yeah. You know? Like if you're an it HVAC is. dealer and you've got the opportunity to bundle, you know, Nest with some of the other yeah, like smart wireless homes. cameras, exactly. the doorbell, like they're fairly straightforward to install. And sexy. added to a suite of products. And yeah. Pe- and people just, want them. Correct. Yep. It's It's what they use all the time. They don't. They don't see their furnace That's every right. day, right? That's right. We all know, like from an HVAC perspective, they don't really care for it yeah. until it breaks down, That's right? That's right. Whereas these are the things that they do use. Um, and it doesn't stop any of, you know, any of our other dealers and other verticals to start offering the same product, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't stop them. Right. You could do it, right? right? Um, I think one of the other things that we, sh- you know, I wanted to kind of touch on is the other way to do, you know, wait you know, a second, kind of, did you just over moderate me? I did. I did. Because <laughs> I just want to get this point across because we do have a program, which is our rate buy down program, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And what that does is two things. Number one, it reduces the interest rate for the customer. And it's, you know, it's up to our dealers to pick what program they want to pick. We go as low as, you know, 2.99%. Um, there is dealer fees associated to it, but it also helps with stretching that dollar further because that $200 now at a 2.99% interest rate could equate to $25,000 of cash, right? right? So that's another program that I think could work because one, the customer is getting, you know, maybe an introductory two-year rate of 
you know, 2.99% or whatever it is that that the dealer is comfortable with uh, from a dealer fee perspective. But from a customer perspective, now they got $25,000 worth of work done. Right. Right. Which could have been only 10 if right. you only offered a, a, you know, if they only had $10,000 right. to spend or if you only offered a 10-year option. So back to the amortization conversation is increase the amortization, but you could also play with the rates. Right. 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 Help drive affordability. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I want to shift gears a little bit here and um, talk about budgeting, you know? So, so when, when, when dealers are going into the home, what, you know, what should they be doing to help customers budget for their renovation properly? You know, so, so to me, for example, um, you know, in my mind, I see two or three things that can get in the way, right? So there's surprises, last minute surprises, right? And happens all the time. And what do, and, and how can our products help dealers with surprises and manage the emotional response, if you will, that they may get from customers. So that's one. And then, and then the second one is obviously scope changes, right? So scope changes can, can have a, a, a massive effect on, on uh budget. So, so what are some ways that, that dealers can kind of manage those two things? Well, guys, I got to tell you, have I ever told you the story where I was renovating my living room and our contractors accidentally ripped out our kitchen? That was a great story. <laughs> that was a great story. That was awesome. Yeah, that, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I did not have to finance that. One. Sorry, <laughs> folks. Uh, but, you know, I bring that up as a perfect example of, you know, as a, as a fan of <laughs> trashy reality yeah. TV, you know, expect the unexpected, right? And I, and, but like in all seriousness, folks, uh, listen, you know, one, <laughs> Let me like this is my you know, liability. You got to tell you got to you got to explain the story. What, so this, I, I wanna, what happened? I want to yeah. know. So it was awesome. Know, it's yeah. a great story, actually. You, and oh. you can so you can tell us what like what were you planning to walk in on and what did you walk in on? <laughs> oh, Lordy. And you know what? I guarantee you there's probably going to be contractors listening to this like it's your fault, Texera. <laughs> you met you clear direction. Uh, no, we, we, we very quickly here, we, we moved to a home and actually the work we wanted done was rather simple. We wanted new floors and uh, but we wanted the floors to stretch in, you know, the length of the house. And, and you know, I, listen, I live in Toronto. It's not a very big home in Toronto. Um, and we were having dinner one night and we, the other thing we'd asked is for them to, there's this half wall or this is wall dividing the living room and kitchen. Like most people have. And what we'd asked was like, Hey, can you put a little hole, punch a little hole in there so we can have some visibility into the living room? Um, we have a young one. So if they're in there, we want to be able to see them. And so I'm sitting there having dinner with my wife and she shows me a picture from the contractor, which is a picture of the wall from the kitchen with um a superimposed square on where like the hole is going to be now for those of you who obviously don't know my house uh there was a cabinet there so when my wife shows me this picture there's no cabinet on this wall she's it's just a picture of the wall with the square imposed on it and i I turned to my lovely wife and i said uh darling um where are the cabinets that were right on that wall and she does like a sober second look at it and there's one of those whoa and uh goes i don't i don't know I said, well, I should probably figure this out. And fortunately for us, we moved just literally up the street. I'm, I'm in the East End of Toronto, Pape and Danforth. So I get in the car and drive over there to walk into our home. And the kitchen 
had been completely gutted. Like oh, I'm talking no. like the fridges on the other side of the room. <laughs> like I can see my basement through the floorboards. Oh, We're at the end of a row house. I'm like, hey, Jim, my neighbor, like I can see you. <laughs> and so, you know, just no bueno. I'm like, not good. Um, and then you have that moment where you look at your contractors and you're like, hey, what can, happened uh, here? Can we, can we go over the scope of work? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, God bless these fine individuals. Uh, we continue to use them and then we're a little misunderstanding. Uh, but they kind of whipped out the sheets. I'm like, I, I just, I don't see anything about a kitchen. <laughs> so, you know, there's that awkward moment of silence where you're just looking at each other and said, well, <laughs> what are we going to do? How about we get the old cabinets in? <laughs> and then that's when you get that like moment where they're like looking, you're like, yeah, we had fun taking it out. <laughs> uh, so, you know, putting it back in was not an option. <laughs> Thankfully, we went into pragmatic problem solution mode. And needless to say, I was able to procure a kitchen at a heavily discounted rate. Um, and But, you know, in retrospect, it was the best thing that could have happened. Right. Because, I, you know, obviously. You're going to have to do it at some point anyways, anyways, right? But, you know, the so the moral of the story is, um, and while that might be an extreme case, although I suspect there's a handful of people in this who are hopefully listening to this who've gone through the same thing, uh, you got to factor for those overages, those costs. But I think the first thing is you don't know what you're going to be opening up. I think, listen, we've all listened to watched HDTV and, the, you know, Mike Holmes and all these guys long enough to know that you can't really assess the situation until you start opening up walls. I think so. So to, to kind of bring it full circle in terms of, you know, how do you. How do you advise customers? I think the, the key point here is. This is all about, you know, this this podcast is about financing this episode, right? So just. You need to let your customers know that that is an option and that if you run into a situation where there are overages or surprises, we have other options of solving that issue when it comes to their budget because no one's going to magically come up with $5,000. It doesn't happen. Let's be honest, yeah. right? They're either going to borrow it or put it on their credit card with at 20% interest rate or go borrow it from someone else or, or, or that that's how you typically solve it, right? Uh, but that puts them in an uncomfortable situation. So if you are, when you're presenting the options up front, just let them know, hey, we do have a financing option. Either you take it now, or if we get into a situation where there's overages or, or the scope changes, we'll be able to help you out. Right. Now you're building trust right off the bat, right. right? And the customers can also start thinking about, okay, if that is an option and our, you know, we have the whatever, 20,000 in cash, I was going to say, and I, I've spoken to countless contractors in the home renovation space who, even if that customer says, hey, I've secured payments or money. So those are other things that I think also come into, you know, how customers should understand it. Like you need to be very disciplined to say, here's the scope of my project and that's it and factor in budgets and things like that or budgets, I should say. But then also just know yourself, know that as you're doing that work, there might be something else in your home that you see that just might kind of trigger you to say, let's get, let's take care. You're in the house anyways, fixing all this stuff. You're pulling up my floors. You might as well, you know, paint or you might as well do the siding or whatever it may be uh, or renovate the stairs or what have you. Those are all things that also come up that I find in the scope of a project that some people just don't assume for that emotional factor, because that is your home that you're living in. So as you're inherently doing work, you start thinking of other things you can do that you want to yeah. improve on it. And then maybe just really quick, we can talk about the, just scope changes and, and, you know, so scope changes typically other, other than the surprises, right? Driven tip. Would it be fair to say typically driven by the consumer? 
Yeah, well, like how many times, right. you know, our audience here has gotten a call from the customer mid-project right. and the customer's like, hey, you know, I don't like the color of these windows or I want to change the color of my door or I want to pick this type of sink. Yep. You know, it happens all the time, right? And customers, let's be honest, nowadays have information available easily, right? right? Especially when it comes to their own home, mm-hmm. right? There's Pinterest boards, thousands of them, right? Millions of them, I should say. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's just Google searches, right? Everywhere, yeah. And especially when they get into a project, they are spending time either before or during looking at things that they're trying to get done in their house. So once again, it's setting that, you know, setting the, the, I'll say building that trust up front by making sure that they they know that there is options available for them when it comes to payments, yep. right? Be it cash, credit card, or financing. Mm-hmm. Offer the option. Now I look at it and say, if I want to do it now, I got to break tile. I got to break, right. you know, like, right. it, it just is actually going to cost me more to do what I actually wanted to do versus had I taken that time and been a little bit more thoughtful about it at the time when the work was right. done. Well, so- and this allows the, the this... Having the option, presenting the option allows you as a salesperson to give them all the options that you are able to do for them. That's right. All right. And on that note, that uh, concludes the third episode. Uh, Just a few, a few other items here that I'd remiss, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about. So the uh, Great Canadian Dealer Showdown is underway. Uh, Submit your deals today and uh, get a chance to win 15K. Um, Uh... We've got the All-Star Alliance, the Dealer All-Star Alliance. Uh, If you're interested, um, get in touch with your BDM or send me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com. Again, uh, we're here for you, uh, our valued dealers. If you've got any questions, any feedback, any concerns whatsoever, please don't hesitate to email me, jwatson at snapfinancial.com. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, everybody.